Um, so I was just telling Riley <laughs> that um, I just got done watching the movie. Don't worry about why. <laughs> <laughs> and I had experiences. I want to know about your experiences. Um, and the experiences were, ah! Right, um, for sure. And also, oh! A big one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, oh! <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the most unwell I've been so far about a This is like, oh my god. Um, this movie's so good, if I may be it's so bold. It's so good, and it's so fucking scary. It's amazing. Because I, I, mean, I have seen this movie before. Um, I've only seen it once before, and it was when I was in high school. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> That's like, me and my Sorry. best friend would have, like, sleepovers. We would have, like, cinema nights mm-hmm. where we watched, like good movies you know what i mean ah yes of course and so we watched seven and we loved it but like god high school was a long time ago now so i didn't really see like i mean not that i didn't remember it but like no my my brain wasn't fully formed yet you know yeah you gotta you have other things in the last however many years watching this like with a fully formed prefrontal cortex i'm like whoa Uh, (laughs) like it's so good i thought i just liked it because i was like an edgy teen and wanted to like cool movies but it's so fucking good i gave it five stars no it's amazing i'm still reeling from which is i think why i'm perhaps not sounding as enthusiastic because i'm still not okay about it because you just watched it for the first time ever yeah you hadn't seen any of that shit before i had it was still troubling (laughs) i don't feel good it's crazy they allowed that to be a movie (laughs) i know i like i looked up the guy i was like this guy should be in jail that was inspired by me living in New York City. And I know, like, there's... Okay. And I know the movie doesn't take place in New York and blah, blah, And, like, I'm privileged and I am, like, a young white woman and blah, blah, blah. But, like, it was the night. What was going on? <laughs> this is um a reference that will make sense to you, but will make sense to some of our listeners, I'm sure, is that it's giving um the beginning of Bo is Afraid just, yeah. like, the cityscape of Bo is Afraid. It's, like, one of the reviews that movie was, like, um that's what like conservatives think new york and la is like (laughs) welcome to the fright of your life podcast i'm riley and i'm tara and we are here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time as determined by the bravo tv network in the year 2004 and today the movie with the 26th scariest movie moment of all time is seven directed by david fincher from the year 1995 I feel like that's a little low. Also, I feel like if every single movie is scarier than this, I'm going to die. I mean, honestly, they kind of are. Some, I mean, <gasps> some of them aren't. There's like the odd, like, they just said that to say that, you know? Yeah. But like a lot of them are scarier. <laughs> like, do you see what I mean? How it like feels like jigsaw-y, even though it's, it's, Absolutely. it's the thing of like, Absolutely. well, I didn't kill them, you know? Yeah. He's like all these rapists. And I'm like, hey, I have bad news for you. <laughs> my first note is silly um because i got like too excited and i went ah chess classic classic chess so i thought chess was gonna be like a thing because it's always a thing like an x-men except it wasn't like i guess it is i don't know like there's pawns and there's a there's a game and there's chess is a smart person's game and it's a very intellectual (laughs) movie i I think it was just in there to be like hey morgan freeman is smart and it's like yeah yeah (laughs) 
He is. He, he is. He's smart and he's getting ready for a day of being a cop, a detective he's even. very organized. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is Sorry, a so detective good. who's a week away from retirement. Um, and so as we will see, he's getting like this younger detective who's coming in to take over for him. And so it's like their week of overlap of him, like training him and getting him ready to be a real boy. And like immediately I like I have I had not even seen the movie, but I was like, ah, order versus Brad Pitt's chaos. Literally. Yeah. We've all seen pictures of Brad Pitt in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Morgan it's Freeman is disheveled. Morgan Freeman is old and smart. Brad Pitt is young and has spiky hair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I read a thing where it was like he bought all his own ties because he wanted Mills to have bad fashion sense. That's fucking hilarious. I loved that. <laughs> I just fucking wrote woof about the first crime scene thinking mm-hmm. I was going to remember exactly what happened. I don't much. It's just, it's like a, it's like a murder suicide, right? And cause there's so many more crime scenes to come. It would be hard to remember at the least first seven one of them. <laughs> at, at the very least seven of them. Um, but this is just to establish that like Somerset, who's Morgan Freeman is a homicide detective. Um, it's like a crime of passion. We see uh, Somerset, being very concerned because this couple like had a child and he was like, did the kid see? And the other cop that he's working with is like, we can't wait to get rid of you. You're so fucking annoying, caring about people. Oh my God. Exactly. (laughs) He's like asking important questions. Fuck you. How dare you? We cannot wait for you to leave. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Like relax. You're always asking questions. Slow your roll. He's a detective. (laughs) Yes. He's asking questions. This is this is the first of many times I'm gonna bring up True Detective because without this movie, there's def- we would have no True Detective. I'm gonna stand by that. Um, but like in True Detective, the Matthew McConaughey character Russ Cole will like ask questions that are like disturbing to hear at like very abrupt moments in time, and Morgan Freeman is like, "Hey, like, do we know where the child is? Is the child gonna be okay?" And the other cops like, ah! "Fuck like, you, shut up." <laughs> Brad Pitt as Detective Mills rocks up to the scene. Um, and we learn that he like fought to get reassigned here, which is like weird because yeah. it seems like nobody wants to fucking work here. It seems miserable and very difficult. Because we're in Cityville where everything is bad. It's scary. <laughs> Cityville in the metro, the metro <laughs> area. <laughs> but, and oh, this when we get like, we have seven days and we like transition to the title cards, which go so hard. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a hot topic ad. I was so alarmed. It's the really overwhelming. Well, and also I was like, is this closer by Nine Inch Nails? And I was like, no, it fucking is. It is. It is Nine Inch Nails. I was also very jump scared by Gwyneth Paltrow being in this movie. She sure is. Boy, howdy is she ever. She sure is. And it was funny because my mom has like, has long had beef with Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, why? But now I too have beef with Gwyneth Paltrow. Don't we all? She's she's fine in this. I'm mean. She's good in this. Know. Yeah, yeah. She's good. That I I not to be a dick. I don't feel like a lot is asked of her. It's just sort of like, no. hey, can you be the woman in this movie? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, she is an important character, but she really yes. is just there to like be the like only bright spot in the movie. You know, right. like be like the only yeah. source of joy. <laughs> Truth, truly, she is just here to be wife. Um, but that is my next note. Is why does Brad Pitt live in a shithole? <laughs> yeah well his apartment like, sucks the lights are never on they don't have cable it sucks here <laughs> it's no it's terrible i hate it cops make a lot more money than that i know it yeah well that's the other thing like morgan freeman like he's like going to bed in like the, like right before the credits because it's like the end of the day mm-hmm. and they're like they're not getting along and all that yeah um and he like 
like turns on like a metronome to like distract from the constant noise outside his window that like again i know things were different in the 1990s i don't i don't know what neighborhood this is supposed to be mm-hmm. i know it's not technically new york yeah but it's nowhere and anywhere constantly screaming like people are outside like banging pots and pans together there's like airplanes landing and dogs barking and i'm like okay let's all slow down for a minute it's literally just like crime city yes exactly i also wrote during the credits i'm gonna have a panic attack it's so overwhelming and then again like at the end when the credits happen again as they do it's like oh my god and then it's a david bowie song and i did the same thing i was like it's fucking david bowie and it was and it's so alarming yeah like and the most scary kind of david bowie song like Mm -hmm. Um, but today is Monday. It is pouring rain outside, as it will be for much of the film. It's like it's really cool and atmospheric and sets the tone yeah. really well for you know Crime City USA. Um, <laughs> and there's a body to investigate. <laughs> um, it's a man, you know. Uh, <laughs> he's face down in a plate of spaghetti. Um, as the detective graciously tells us, sitting in a pile of piss and shit. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And also, like, again, Morgan Freeman is asking important questions like, do we have an ambulance? Is that guy alive, maybe? Did anyone make sure he was dead? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, he's fat. We, were, we weren't gonna. Like, <laughs> like, he's still in his spaghetti. He must be dead. Exactly. And it's like, have you, have you guys heard of being asleep? <laughs> he fell asleep <laughs> in his spaghetti like listen i've been pretty tired before <laughs> they're like well he's sitting all this poop why need to get up i'm like i don't think i want you to imagine that something problematic has occurred right because that's mills i believe is like well how like who says this was a murder like what makes us think this was a homicide like he likely had a heart attack and died in his spaghetti. But Morgan Freeman looks under the table and this man's wrists and ankles are tied Ooh. together. And, and, and barbed wire, I think. Ooh, it look it's something not good. It's something sharp. <laughs> yeah. Um but there's also a bucket full of vomit underneath the table. Which like yep. <laughs> largely, like if you're eating enough to the point of vomiting, you would probably stop eating. You yeah. know? I mean Okay, we're not going to get into all that. (laughs) No, right, exactly. But, you know. And it's also, this is, like, something about Mills that frustrates me, but, like, makes sense. Because he's, like, it's, like, they're very, like, two different kinds of cops. You know what I mean? And he's, like, interestingly kind of, like, the wild card. Yeah. But he's also, like, like, the less cynical one. Like, he's more, he's, like, ah, justice, rah, rah, rah. But he's also not very serious. So he's cracking jokes, and I did not appreciate that. No, and neither does Somerset, because he eventually just sends him outside. He's like, you go question the neighbors. Like, you're not being helpful. Yeah, he's like, can you stop walking around saying fat phobic shit while I'm trying to solve a crime? <laughs> like, you are so unhelpful. Get out of here. He's like, you're being rude. You're a nuisance. Go away. <laughs> and, like, I, I will say he is definitely blocking him from, like, doing any police work. But, like, also, don't be an asshole at the crime scene. Yeah, don't be mean Pro to the dead body. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I beg of you. I ask one thing of you. <laughs> it's don't be mean to the bodies. Exactly. I also want to say, I was realizing what was happening, by, like what the killing method was pretty early on. And the way I described it was, this is like Matilda, but worse. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. 
Um, so they leave to head to the autopsy and Mills is like very disgruntled. He's all like, do you know who I am? And like, do you know what I've done? Don't jerk me off like this. And I'm like, I think we have different understandings of that phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he meant to say the- jerk me around, I'm sure. But he said, <laughs> jerk me off. <laughs> Please? Please? I want them to kiss. Sorry. <laughs> no, me too. I've come on. I think Somerset Mill should kiss. You're right about it. I know I have that written down somewhere. I can't wait to get to thrubble, it. Thrubble. I want to like remember what moment it was where I was like, they should kiss. So they get to the autopsy room. The morgue is what that's called. <laughs> they get there and the coroner explains that this man has been dead for a long time. Uh, they're really harping on how fat he is. They like don't want you to forget that this man was really fat that was um it's i'm sorry i know that we both probably read all the fun facts i just needed something fun to do after i was like i'm so upset right now but david fincher was like yeah i felt bad because sidebar that guy i don't know what that actor looks like without those prosthetics but he was in a lot of prosthetics so (laughs) david fincher was like yeah i felt bad he had to wear all those prosthetics because they were like heavy and uncomfortable i'm sure so i gave i gave the uh the body a huge dick i was like okay (laughs) i think that's really funny it, no, it's hysterical. I like. I love the trade-off. Like, sorry, you had to be uncomfortable. When you're dead, your penis will be huge, massive cock. Truly. Also, I would just like to say, like, he doesn't mean it like this. But I, they're like talking about, like, oh, there's bruising around the head, so that means there was probably like a gun press there, mm-hmm. so like it was probably murder. And Brad Pitt fucking goes, "Fuck yeah!" And I was like, <laughs> maybe we don't say "fuck yeah" in a morgue. He's like gnarly. Like, he's not, like, hype about it. He's just like, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm like, right. hey, buddy. Um, so the reason, no, the cause of his death was his stomach ripping open. Um, they also <gasps> mentioned that his, like, throat is swollen. Um, yeah. Gun to the head. So graphic. That's, he, the coroner estimates that he was forced to eat for approximately, like, 12 hours, at which point uh. he passed out. And then the killer, like, kicked him to wake him up, and that, like, burst his stomach, and that's how he died. He holds it up in a bag. It's upsetting. Yeah, he's like, look how big this is! (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay! (laughs) It's like, sure, no, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) And so at this point, they're really struggling to figure out the motive, like, why on earth someone would want to do this to this guy or to anybody. But they're, like, talking to the police captain, and he's like... I, like, want to be reassigned to this because I'm not going to be able to just leave this unfinished. Yeah, and he also, like, doesn't necessarily trust Mills. Like, he doesn't think this would be a good first case for him to be on. So he's like, assign this to someone else because I can't just, like, leave this unfinished and have this, like, dumbass be running this whole case. (laughs) Like, this is a bad idea. This is He thinks this is just the beginning of something, which he is entirely Right. right about. Right. And like, he's being like, is he being rude? Sure. But it's like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to make sure this gets seen through. And they're like, stop being an asshole. And I'm like, like, sorry, I want to solve the murder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I will say that's like, there's so many good one liners in this movie. It's amazing. And this is like the least angry I was about anyone calling that dead man fat. Because like he is like, sure. Right. And the police captain goes, I'm sorry, old buddy, but it looks like you're stuck cleaning up the fat man. And I'm sorry, but that's a great line. (laughs) That's like one of the less mean things they say about him, you know. It's Tuesday. There's a swarm of reporters like intensely around this one building. Like immediately they're like, oh, another murder. There's a body. It's the defense attorney. He got killed. Greed's written on the floor in blood. There's a woman's photo with like bloody eyes on it. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We just woke up. Happy Tuesday. 
like immediately we're looking at like <laughs> so the headline in a newspaper i'm like when did we have time to do all this like it happened so fast i was like surely we're still like buzzing around the first murder but it's like right. nope new murder dead body blood everywhere literally <laughs> so much blood blood everywhere that's to the point where i was like maybe it's not like written in blood like maybe that's red paint but they're like no that's right. that guy's blood <laughs> they bled him to death Ooh. i was slightly confused about where was brad pitt at that particular crime scene i don't mm-hmm. remember yeah so he's at the crime scene which i thought he got reassigned i don't know no i guess they're both staying on it i doesn't matter it doesn't matter he's there and he's watching the interview that the press is having with the district attorney of city place um, (laughs) of crime town busy town usa (laughs) and he's like watching the interview and like we know he's at a crime scene but i kind of got the impression he was gonna be reassigned and then it like zooms out and he's standing right in the middle of the greed crime scene it's so gross very helpful of the killer to write what sin it was this time. To keep, let us keep track. Exactly. Just let us know what's going on. I guess they thought the first one was self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the second I saw a fat guy, I was like, ah, gluttony. And like yeah. the two TVs, I was like, can we ease up a little bit? I like the hoarder house he's living in. Exactly. And you already mentioned this, but I just wrote the phrase, blood eyes on woman picture. Has to be important. Like so much happened so fast, I couldn't like keep up with my scribbling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I watched half of this before I went to work today to teach kindergarten for a few hours. (laughs) So back like at the precinct, Morgan Freeman is like, okay, I'm out. And then the captain is like, no fucking way, dude. Guess what? Yeah. He's like, I know you aren't. And like Somerset is still trying to assert that he is going to leave. Basically, he says he doesn't understand this place any longer. And just like the scale of cruelty in the world and in this city specifically, like it is too much too much so much crime to take in every day um but the captain or lieutenant or whoever that man is has brought him like little pieces of plastic that they found in the gluttony victim's stomach he's like these were fed to him aren't you interested in that and he's like god (laughs) damn it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i'm oh my god i was so twin peaks i was like that's gonna be the letters that spell out gluttony and then i said wouldn't it have been funny if he spelled it out in alphabet soup? And then I felt bad for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. Can you imagine? That would be really funny. I would laugh. It would. I would laugh. The way Morgan Freeman puts this together is like. It, like I did not understand. So, no, it's bullshit. It's like there's there's this. Okay. So on NBC Hannibal in the first episode, <laughs> they're like, Will Graham, you make jumps you can't explain because Will Graham is very good at solving crimes because he gets inside the killer's mind, like, you know, like hypothetically. And he like sees the crime happen. He's like, okay, this is what happened. And they're like, how'd you do that? And he's like, empathy. And it's like, okay. Um, and so like Morgan from just kind of like trots around and he's like, ah, little holes in the floor. I wonder if my plastic will fit here. It's like not a problem for a majority of the film, but like, and I don't mean tonally, but like visually, it's a very dark film, and like yes. sometimes it is hard to see what is what happening. What is going on? It's so like for yeah. this scene, he's in this dark hall, I'm like putting little things in the floor, and I'm like, I can't fathom what's going on here. Exactly. <laughs> I also just like because of Twin Peaks and the letters under the fingernails, I was so sure those li- they were gonna say something, and I was really mad they didn't. Like I know it leads you there, but I was like, uh, come on. But it's like my letters. It's like grooves in the floor underneath the fridge that match the little plastic pieces. So he puts the pieces in the floor and then moves the fridge, which I don't understand why we had to put the pieces in the floor. I don't get that at all. 
But he's like, oh, a match. It means the floor was moved. Like, also, why would the, I guess the killer does this to lead them to the. I guess so. Right. Yeah. It's like fed him the floor pieces because he moves the fridge and behind it, we see gluttony written in grease on the wall. Oh. Dude, you didn't have to do that much. You could have written it in anything. Where'd you get the grease? Where'd you get the grease? Um, yeah. <laughs> but he also finds a quote from Paradise Lost. Uh, that mm. does, in fact, suggest to him that this is just the beginning. It's like something about like the long, hard road ahead or something. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so that he, does not sound good. He comes charging back to the station. He's like, there are seven deadly sins. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he has killed. He will kill again five more times even. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, there's going to be five more murders. I can't get involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, heads up. Everyone's going to die. Okay, I'll see you guys later. Yep. And he's heading out, and Mills, like, wants this case so badly. He's like, let <laughs> me do the Deadly Sins case. Please, please, please. So Morgan Freeman kind of, like, he's still dragging his feet a little bit, but he's also like, well, because he, okay, he goes and he does a bunch of research with the intention of passing it along to Mills. Mm-hmm. That is, what? Did, how did I write it? I said, dude, this is such a labor of love because he goes mm-hmm. to the live. And like, I know it's like, so the case will get solved. But I'm like, you guys are best friends already. Yeah. You want to set him up for success. Because, yeah, he finds like every book he can think of on like that has to do with the seven deadly sins. And it's like Dante's Inferno and the Canterbury Tales, which I didn't realize had anything to do with sins, but I guess it does. Um, and he like he like takes them and he like prints out. He like photocopies specific sections and like puts it in a little envelope and labels it Mills and puts it on his desk. And yeah. I'm like, all right. It's this really cool juxtaposition because um, Somerset is like looking through like all this literature in the library, making all these copies. Um, and it cuts to Mills and his home just like, looking through all the crime scene pictures like he's just looking at like the gnarly like gory details where somerset is like let's get like the bible info for you (laughs) and like the like night watchmen in the library are listening to this great classical music that like scores the whole scene it's so cool because he's like i don't understand how you guys can be surrounded by all these books and all you ever do is play poker and they're like fuck you we have culture and they're like see (laughs) and they turn on like mozart and they're like fuck you i was like hell yeah i love it it's so cute he's like a fun little relationship with those guys they call him smiley i don't know yeah it seems like i just like it there a lot and nobody else is (laughs) exactly no one's ever at this fucking library also, like, I know it's always raining mm-hmm. in the movie, but at this point I hadn't noticed that it was always raining. And like at several key moments so far, Brad Pitt is just standing out in the rain looking like a wet kicked puppy. Soaking so- wet. It's so funny. He's so wet all the time. Um, so now it's Wednesday. Mills receives all this like thoughtful research from Somerset. Uh, proceeds to call Dante the F slur. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which like is really funny. I'm sorry. He's like so incensed by the idea of having to read that he is shouting homophobic slurs. It's like just such a funny sentence to hear someone say out loud. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, and he throws a tantrum. He doesn't want to read a book. And he like, <laughs> it's some guy that like, comes up to his window and knocks and hands him a little package. And he's like, good work. And I was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> yeah. And it's just the cliff notes for some of the books. That's so funny. It's really funny. Um, But he's moving into his new office, which is Somerset's office that they have to share for the next few days. And this is what I wrote. I I want them to kiss in their little office. It's like a rom-com. Literally. It's so cute. Um, It's also just like Brad Pitt Mills hates doing anything. I I can relate. He hates working. 
Yeah, same. Loves having a job, hates working. Right. But it's like the phone rings in the office and he goes, phone. And Morgan Freeman goes, yeah, it comes with the office. <laughs> it's like, it's your phone now. And good thing he picks up because it's his wife who he refers to as Dingleberry. <laughs> yeah, he goes, you Dingleberry. I told you not to call me at work. Oh my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard someone call their wife. That's I hysterical. Do. I love the way they talk to each other because there's Me like too. a scene later where it's like, hey, stupid, hi, idiot. I think it's yeah. really cute. It's really cute. I love them. I'm sorry I was mean to, well, I'm not sorry I was mean to Gwyneth Paltrow, no. but like, <laughs> I'm sorry I was mean about Tracy. I like Tracy. Yeah, Tracy's fine. She's fun. Tracy she's does just, nothing you know. to nobody. Yeah, she's just, she's just here being like a, a lady who wants the best for people. And it's like, yeah, nice, sick. Slay. Okay, so they do a classic detective movie thing but for me again this is like extremely true detective of the wife being like hey guess what your cop partner is coming over for dinner and no one is allowed to say no okay it's really <laughs> cute it's like i want to talk to somerset and he's like oh he's like phone for you <laughs> it's my wife <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like he's like but baby why like why what's going on what are you talking about why and then he like takes him he's like so hunt and she hangs up incredible <laughs> she just wanted to talk to morgan freeman i get it and then they have the like it cuts to that dinner that night and they have the most hilarious exchange ever which is she opens the door and goes hello man and he goes hi loser and she goes hi idiot i literally i went aw out loud i out yeah. loud awed it's so cute but it's just like such a hello man hi loser hey hi, idiot loser. Like, oh my god because like i only say that to the people i have the most affection for exactly. i'm like you yeah. idiot i'm like hi exactly. stupid yeah no completely uh it's cute this movie's so well written i love it no it it's really so good. is uh, okay it's like i could talk forever about like the little like insignificant conversations but like yeah. it's just all so good no it really is like the characters feel very very real and, and like everybody's very well acted yeah it's awesome yeah <sighs> Oh my God. So like Tracy is like, so I don't know anybody's first name. And then she outs them with their first names. He's like, well, I'm William. And she's like, and this is David. And he's, he's like, like, no, <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, don't tell my name. That's gay. My name is Detective Mills. Fellas, is it gay to know your buddy's first name? Um, but we get like little details. Um, they were um, Tracy and David were high school sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And then, um, uh somerset goes to like take off his coat and then he's got his little gun belt and she like she like freezes and he's like oh i won't wear it to the dinner table and she's like yeah sorry i fucking don't like guns and i said she's gun phobic slay queen <laughs> she is and he's like yeah me too he's like same here i don't like yeah. guns yeah he's like i don't fuck with this um and then they're all sitting around and she's like so why aren't you married and Mills goes, jesus trace <laughs> literally it's yeah. so rude again like a directly a thing in true detective she's like so rust you're not married what happened there and he's <laughs> like um well and it's bad let me tell you uh but somerset says that he was close once uh but that he's a very disagreeable man ask your husband he knows it's at this point that oh my god the whole house starts to shake because they live by the subway like it's new york and at one point they're like oh upstate i'm like this is new york shut up anyway <laughs> it's nowhereville um, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Crime Town, um, USA. I it's Boa's Afraid one. City. I don't even like the so the the house is shaken and they have to hold down their drinks and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I don't even remember what Morgan Freeman says. He's like, like a nice, relaxing, vibrating home. And they all, but well, <laughs> specifically him and Tracy are busting an absolute gut about this. Like specifically, um, 
Somerset is like losing his mind. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> I loved it. He laughs so hard at his own joke that like he and Mills have no choice but to become friends. Like <laughs> you see it happen in that instant. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> he's like, all right, guys. And it's like, he's like, well, my wife likes you. So now we have to kiss. It's very nice. It's really cute. It's I like it a lot. But then they are doing case stuff again. But they're working together. They are. They're back on the greed case. Uh, they're trying to figure out how the killer even got in the building, which I don't know if we ever necessarily get an answer on. Yeah, they like theorize about it, and it's like, yeah, that seems possible. Um, um, but we also learn that the victim cut off a pound of flesh. Oh, and that we have like to see it. A scale and a hatchet. And I'm like, why didn't they or we know this sooner? <laughs> yeah. They seem like kind of surprised. I'm like, that wasn't apparent when you got there. It's like they gave him the case files and they're like, cool, we're not going to open these. So <laughs> like, I don't want to see it. Wait, I'm open I've this had, in like, my home. Wait, till I've had four drinks. Like they're getting hammered looking at this evidence. <laughs> I'm like, um. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting another beer. And then uh, Somerset's like, oh, wine. And he's like, sure. And he brings him like a glass, like not it's a like glass a of wine, but like, yeah, it's like a water glass full yeah. of wine. <laughs> it's so funny. It's also funny that like, Mills drinks beer and Somerset drinks red wine. I'm like, I yeah. see what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's so it's interesting because uh, Somerset is like giving him advice. He's like walking through the whole like Merchant of Venice, everything of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, try to look at this like without like try to look at it objectively. You have to edit out the initial shock. And I thought that was a really cool turn. Of right. Because like it is quite a lot to take in from the photographs. Um, but like the facts of the matter that they're highlighting are that there are no fingerprints left anywhere, that the two victims so far are unrelated, and mm. that there have been no witnesses. So it's like it's very difficult to come to any conclusions about what's going on, who might have done this, why they might have done this. And there's no real like motive either. I mean, like yep. we know the motive because it's called seven and it's one of the seven deadly sins, but there's no motive. <laughs> yeah. And- uh, Somerset gets the impression even this early on that like whoever is doing this he's preaching mm-hmm. and that the murders are forced attrition which is also very jigsaw of him I felt like yeah exactly and like the idea of attrition being he says it's repentance not because you love God like presumably because you are like you feel like you must mm-hmm. or you're forced to um oh it's also like not super important but also the um the victim eli gould i think is his name yeah um the uh, greed victim had to cut his own flesh off mm-hmm. uh which that's straight up something that one of the saw movies took from this like there's a scene where oh, it's like shit. whoever can cut like there's like two victims and like scales and it's like whoever can cut off like the most amount of flesh oh. and it's like one like larger man and like a skinny girl and she hacks off her arm and puts it on the scale and she lives it's crazy jesus christ (laughs) i love saw oh my god she's like okay bet (laughs) (laughs) um it's also interesting too because morgan freeman is like oh he's preaching and then brad pitt is like no i think he's punishing and i said por que no los dos exactly they also noticed what we noticed which was the photograph of the woman with like blood circling her eyes yeah blood eyes woman picture you know blood eyes woman picture of course and somerset's like that's his wife and he says he's like there's something she's supposed to see and i don't know how he got there but i'm with him i'm like yeah for sure 
That's just like you make leaps you can't explain. He goes, no, the evidence explains He'll that. Just say, like those he's things, just like, Graham. like he's preaching. This is forced attrition. Like there's something she needs to see. And I'm like, I don't know how we got here, but absolutely. <laughs> like every guess he makes is completely right. Yeah. So they go speak to the victim's wife. And like they're showing her pictures, which like they have tactfully used like sticky notes to cover yeah. up her husband's mutilated corpse. Um, but naturally, she's very upset by this. Some may say in hysterics, as is her right. Yep. <laughs> I don't like like calling women hysterical. No, like, I know. Like she is but, like, being hysterical. Yeah, she's crying hysterically, as she should be. I as was hysterically be. watching this movie, and that's not my husband in those pictures. <laughs> that's not my dead husband. It's not. My dead husband is entirely unrelated. <laughs> okay. So they're like asking her if anything seems off about the pictures other than like her husband's corpse in the middle of it. <laughs> and she's like looking at them for a while. She's like very upset. She's like, oh, I don't know. Um, but she thinks about it for a minute and she notices that one of the paintings and it's like an abstract like line art painting mm -hmm. but she notices that it's upside down to which i wrote in my notes slay mama <laughs> <laughs> she slayed and she very she didn't have to she was in a situation where she did not no. have to slay and she slayed she slayed so hard nobody would expect of her to slay so they go to the apartment and they take the painting down and they're like there's nothing on the wall there's nothing on the back of the paintings and i said cut the paper off the back you ding dongs haven't you ever seen national treasure <laughs> it takes them so long to try that oh but there's nothing back there i think yeah there's nothing behind the painting and this one is <laughs> i wrote never mind sorry i yelled <laughs> This is when Mills is like, oh, this guy's totally fucking with us. Um, but while Mills is busy throwing a tantrum, like being grumpy, <laughs> Somerset finds fingerprints on the wall, to which I wrote, yippee. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like Mills was like, We're, he's fucking with us. See, this is us. And then he like bends over a desk and I'm like, can you get a grip? <laughs> and like while he's like so busy doing that, Somerset's just like dusting the wall and he's like, I found fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what are you doing over there? And it's like my job, asshole. Detective work. <laughs> Um, but the fingerprints are like, and you're like, wait a minute, he left prints? That doesn't seem like an accident right. he'd make. But then we like did blacklight over it and the prints like smear out to say, help me. Um, and they're like, they think it means like, help me stop like committing yeah. crimes. And they start talking about that for a minute. But I went to like, help me teach them, which is a real thing someone said to my friend on the subway once. Oh, he was boy. yelling about God. And he was like, and no one knows about Jesus anymore. We were like in middle no, school, high school. Oh, they do. And like he, yeah. And he was like yelling at her. So she just recited a Bible verse at him because she thought it might shut him up. And then he <laughs> went, which no, but then yeah. he went, help me. And she said, huh? And he said, help me teach them. Gabby and then she Hanna. had a different car. Brad Pitt is sort of like, he's very kind of on the, on the train of like, oh, this guy's crazy. Like he's like, is like insane. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, has mental health problems. And it's like, I'll let you in on a secret. Lots of people have mental health problems. Me even. But Diagnosed yes, by a doctor. Um, and might I say, uh, same. <laughs> and you know what I've never done? Yeah. This. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, um, I'm pretty confident I never will. Yeah, I have to say. <laughs> I'm kind of busy. I feel like this is like, not this in my over. This takes a lot of work, a lot <gasps> of planning. I'm not clever enough have to do time. anything like this. Yeah, like, Good lord. I could never think of all this bullshit. Could a depressed person do this? Points <laughs> to the movie Seven. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, oh yeah, there's like tons of, like, you know, people say God made me do it, or my dog made me do it, or Jodie Foster made me do it. And I was like, all right, let's leave her out of this, please. <laughs> 
but so like on this kind of thing of like this fucked up crazy guy um mills is um very like sure that they're gonna catch the guy he's like that's he believes that like that's what they're doing and morgan freeman aka somerset counters with like no i view it as picking up the pieces like we're filing away evidence in case it's ever needed in court but like clues just lead to more questions and like Uh nothing ever really gets done and he said so many corpses roll away unrevenged yeah it's incredible he does say that he admires Mill's belief that they will catch the guy, though, which like yeah. seems to be something he has lost in his long right. career as a detective in Crimeville. Yeah. Um, but Mills believes that they're getting somewhere. And this is when like they go to sleep together, like on a couch outside yeah. the like print lab. I don't know where they're yeah. sleeping outside. <laughs> the guy's like, this could take three days. So like, can you wait somewhere else? And they're like, sure. And they go right outside and then yeah. fall asleep on each other like they're dating. <laughs> It's like smash cut to them asleep on the couch and then it's like Thursday. Yeah. That's every time it's a new day, there's like a title card on the screen. It's, really it's very good. fun. Um, but it is Thursday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thursday, wake up. The prince matched a man named Victor who they lead with. They're like, he's mentally ill. And also he has a prison record. And also that prison record was because he raped a minor. And I'm like, oh, lead with that. Yeah. Hello lead with pedophile and then like follow up with mentally ill like the yeah. mentally ill is implied you know yeah like, yeah yeah so fucking irritating not, that's not to say all mentally ill people are pedophiles i don't want that no to no no be misconstrued no just you can't you're not okay if you're a pedophile like, if you're a pedophile you're mentally pedophile. ill yeah but like mentally ill is not the is not the like correlation does not equal causation or whatever there you go there you go you'd be mentally ill and be pretty fucking normal yeah well okay we're weird but anyway <laughs> I wrote i'm so stressed about it already being thursday i know because like we didn't have a victim on wednesday if i'm not mistaken yeah i think you're right there's like well, there's a couple of days we don't have a victim like it makes me nervous because i'm like yeah. oh because we know there has to be this many more because there's um, seven days in a week and i went oh okay and then when they're not all it's yeah like, oh why <laughs> um but the relation of victor to this case other than his fingerprints being there is that the greed victim eli gould was his lawyer and they're like oh so this is totally the killer like he killed his lawyer to get revenge and blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And i'm like all right guys there's two hours in this movie like yeah and somerset's like like they're all like rolling out like everyone's gearing up and they're like hustling out the door and somerset's like i don't think so but i'm coming with you I, and on the way there i think they're talking about um somerset and mills are talking about like if, they, if they've ever drawn or fired their gun or been shot they've like have neither of them have really ever used their guns except maybe mills did once because somebody he was on a case with was shot and died um but like again maybe i'm just very true detective doubt but like those guys draw their guns a lot <laughs> But it's just another interesting juxtaposition between the two of them. Like Somerset, who has had this job for decades, has never shot his gun. And right. Mills, who like seems relatively green, has shot his gun before. And like Tara said, like readily draws his weapon all the time. Right, right. And so it, it's just interesting. And um, he did shoot his gun, like Tara said, in defense of a cop. But he can't remember that cop's name even. Like yeah. it wasn't significant enough in his brain for him to remember what the guy's name was. Yeah, the guy like who died next to him in the ambulance. Like he's like, I don't know his name, but I shot my gun for him. <laughs> and so they're like going and they're like, okay, we're gonna arrest this motherfucker. Like the SWAT team's going in and fucking Morgan Freeman, he goes, they love this. <laughs> they really do. They're like busting the door down. Like, clear. The score is going crazy. <laughs> oh man. 
Um, so they get in there. And the first thing you may notice is that there's, I would say, hundreds of air fresheners hanging from so the ceiling. Many. Which, like, I don't know, it just doesn't make me feel good. Them bode well. It scared me. <laughs> no, and you're right. Because, like, if you are like me, you may have written in your notes, guys, he's going to be dead in there. <laughs> um, but they find a room and there's a bed and there's a sheet over the bed. And if I may, when they pull back the sheet, I said, whoa, Nelly, that's a skelly. Yeah. It is. There's a there's a guy in there, but uh, only barely. Only barely. It's an emaciated body. This is the sloth victim. Oh, and hauntingly, there's this box of photos next to the bed. The the one on top is Ugh. dated from three days ago, and the very first one is from exactly one year ago, and just shows this man's deterioration. As it would seem, he has not moved from this bed in a year. It's um so horrific. And also like the, it's like that whole thing of like no two law enforcement agencies ever get along. Yeah. So the SWAT team is like they keep calling them dicks and they're like dicks, you're going to want to see this. Yeah, they're like oh, we're kind of scared. Can you get in here? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like one of the SWAT guys leans in and goes, "You got what you deserved." And then this guy fucking coughs and he's a lot. It's so cuz oh. he leans in so close to him and it right, gets right, really right, right, right. quiet and we're like zoomed in. I'm like nope i'm out <laughs> and i was so stuck on like he's been like that for a year and i was thinking about that and processing that so a that jump scare scared right. the fucking shit You're out of me thinking about a lot of stuff you're focused but b i was like hey he's been through a lot and then i was like oh yeah he's a rapist never yeah like, right i i will say i don't care how bad the human is that shouldn't happen to anybody what happens to this guy shouldn't happen to anybody right but <laughs> um so they call an ambulance well also that's like they smartly were like, okay, call an ambulance. And then they were like, um, call an ambulance a little faster. Right. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that Morgan Freeman shows up to these scenes and is like, hey, just in fucking case, call an ambulance. There's a body in here. And he was right. Nobody like ever checks that the bodies are dead. Morgan Freeman's the only one who cares. Literally. <laughs> like, is the dead body dead? And they're like, I don't know. They're like, we don't know exactly. <laughs> Dude, probably. But as Mills and Somerset are discussing the scene in the hallway, having a heated conversation, um, a reporter shows up and starts taking pictures of them. Mills freaks out on the guy and is like, "Get out of here!" Which, like, we think is to just be another demonstration of how hot-headed Mills is. Um, but it's more than that later. Um, so they are in the hospital where Victor oh, is. Yes. It is certain that he is going to die. The doctor's like, yeah, his brain is mush and he chewed off his tongue. And oh, like yeah. the only reason he is alive at this point is because someone kept him alive. Like he had like an IV, like giving him just right. enough to stay alive. And Morgan Freeman points out how it was like exactly a year to the day of when his like captivity began. And he's like, that's certainly not a coincidence. Like, right. This is all very intentional. Like we're not finding out anything. The killer doesn't want us to find out exactly when right, he wants exactly. us to find it out. Right. Ugh. They also, this is like interesting, but it's like the whole thing of like, the, like at this point we kind of already are like on the train of the killer is like very intellectual, but, um, yep. They mentioned there's like a lot of drugs in his system that makes sense, but also like th they found like antibiotics, which was to keep the bed sores on his body from getting infected. Yeah, like, this was thought through. Yeah, who has time um, for this? <laughs> literally, <laughs> who has time to do seven of these? 
Tracy calls Somerset for like emotional support because she's like, I don't have any fucking friends in city town. Yeah, she um, says you're the only person I know here. That's she so has to meet him like sad. for breakfast in the morning. He's like, um, why? Like, not no, but why? Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe what? I like their little relationship. I mean, no, it's it's very sweet. It is weird that she tells him things that she hasn't told her husband. Like, there's some yeah. things I'm like, you should really tell your husband that before you tell your husband's partner that. Yeah, like, yeah. I I don't know. I kind of like their little relationship no yeah she truly just like needs someone to talk to like it's not any nefarious thing but i was concerned that it was going to cause an issue because as with many things in this movie lots of stuff causes issues for mills (laughs) um so now it's friday morning and they're meeting for breakfast um tracy hates it in crime town cityville usa she also like gave up her job to move here so i'm like good lord what does she do all day like sitting in this terrible apartment she knows nobody like it sounds miserable for she's looking for she's a fifth grade teacher and she's and also she's like um she's like did he tell you about that and he's like oh yeah and she's like okay <laughs> he doesn't talk about you <laughs> he literally but it's like you know we're in bad dark outside raining crime town so yeah, all the Seattle. schools are, you know are like terrible <laughs> yeah that too um like all the schools are bad you know she's like the conditions and they're like and he's like why don't you teach at a private school and i'm like because it pays worse um like that is just a general fact usually anyway she's like anyway enough about that i have something else i have to fucking tell you about yeah she does um if i may she's gragnant she's gragnant which i forgot about and sucks i think a lot of people know how this movie ends that sucks yeah yeah but they have a very nice conversation actually about her um being pregnant she is sort of maybe apprehensive about the but she doesn't really exactly say how she's feeling she's like i just sort of wanted to talk about it to somebody and morgan freeman is like well i um was in like a long-term relationship where he said and we got pregnant i love when people say that i think i put that in quotes so i wouldn't forget he phrased it like that um and he said he I, i wrote it in all caps because it's an anxiety i have which is how can i bring a child into a world like this um and then he's like, how can you grow up with this all around you? And I'm like, well, the second one I can answer you and it's you yeah. don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, but he basically says that he pressured his girlfriend into um, like terminating the pregnancy. He says, I wore her down. Which yeah, I wore her down. I don't love, but is like a descriptive choice of words. Yeah. And he says, like, I don't have any doubt in my mind that I made the right decision, but I wish I had chosen differently. Which I think is such a like empathetic way of phrasing yeah. it like, it's just really like emotionally intelligent way of phrasing it i feel yeah. like to be like, like no i did what i had to do but like i wish that isn't what i had to do you know right right and he also like is very unequivocally like whatever you do is your choice he does like say he gives her advice that i don't think is good or right at all no. but I, I, I get where it comes from yeah. insofar as like he's like if you decide not to keep the baby don't tell him you were ever pregnant and i'm like let's not keep bringing this energy into the relationship you lost me there somerset like we were we were on the same track i was like yep absolutely and then he's like you can never tell him and i'm like whoa no but then he's like if you keep that baby like you spoil it with like every ounce of love you have and then gwyneth paltrow bursts into tears and like real yeah like you can tell she really wants to have that baby yeah 
That's like, she is, I haven't really seen Gwyneth Paltrow act in a lot of things like outside of no. Glee and Contagion, you know? But Even like, like Iron Man. <laughs> there's several moments in this movie, like earlier during the dinner scene, like you can just tell, I'm like, oh, she hates living here. And it's like nothing yeah, she yeah. says. It's just like her face and her demeanor. And like, same with this. I'm like, oh, you can tell she really wants to have that yeah. kid. No, she is really good in this, actually. I was being yeah. mean before. <laughs> No, she's pretty good in this. And she was no, she uh, Brad Pitt's real life girlfriend, which I think is Yeah, that's fun. so wild. And probably harrowing, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. That would suck. Not like them dating, but doing this movie with <laughs> someone you like love in that real actually, life as well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, that's why he was so good at the end. Okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so this seems a little heavy. And then he gets a page and I was like, oh my God, remember pager? <laughs> I wrote his beepers going off. Yeah, like my dad had a beeper. That shit was crazy. I want a beeper so bad. So we, I don't know how we learned this. I don't remember the transition, but we find out that the killer was paying rent for Victor in cash. Yeah, and that like the landlord was like, best tenant I ever had. No one ever complained about him. And I'm like, right <laughs> yes because they kept the rot smell down with like fucking car air fresheners which like wouldn't someone notice like the overwhelming odor of the air fresheners you know that's like, so true when like i burn incense in my apartment you can smell it in the hallway and like when my yeah. neighbors smoke weed i'm like i can smell that like i would smell right, exactly. if they had 300 air fresheners you know <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point but whatever um but they have a little quippy quip which is a paralyzed tenant with no tongue who pays the rent on time that's a landlord's dream <laughs> literally <laughs> Uh, but Mills is starting to get very impatient. And in his own words, he says he's tired of waiting for the lunatic to do something. And yeah. Somerset's like, um, so you want him to murder someone is what you're saying. <laughs> but he's really like, like, I would not dismiss this killer as flippantly as you are, uh, which only makes Mills double down on dismissing him. <laughs> right. And it's like, but think about it. Like, I like i get what he's saying but it's like this guy's a fucking genius like he's not right. like loopy you know yeah like he is clearly like planting little like clues for us to follow to learn information exactly when he wants us to like we can't just be like he's crazy yeah like he probably he probably is to some like legitimate degree like, right but he's also extremely insane. intelligent right yeah. but like he he's doing something very intentional is what it is so the fingerprints that they found on the wall spelling out help me, which led them to Victor. Um, it was Victor's hand that the killer severed to like get his right. fingerprints and put them on the wall. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I wrote Mills is being so willfully ignorant. It's really annoying. Yeah. yeah. And this is when Somerset's like, okay, we're going to do some serious book learning. He takes him to the library. He basically wants him to like walk in the killer's footsteps in a sense, being like, like what kind of books would he read? Like what would his interests be? Like what's the knowledge he would have acquired and like lets us also acquire it. Oh, that was, I kept like suspecting every random man. Sorry. Cause on the right, way to yeah. the library, there's some guy handing out discount coupons it's or him. something. <laughs> and I was like, what's this? That can't just be a throwaway. It was, it was just a throwaway. So they're at a pizza shop and they're sitting there and they're sitting next to each other. And Mills does not like this because he's like, what if somebody thinks we're dating? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> cause they're sitting on the same side of the booth. <laughs> the reason though, that they're sitting on the same side isn't just cause they're dating um it's because there's a man here to see them and like at some point somerset was like hey how much cash do you have on you right now and he's like give cool me. you need to give me that and he's like mills is perhaps as you may have guessed really mad about it but he hands it to him 
and this guy comes and sits down and he's like oh i didn't know we were having a menage a trois like and he's like don't worry it's fine and then he hands him an envelope under the table where it's like a it's it's literally just like the money like in a folded up piece of paper it's not an envelope but the guy's like all right about an hour and then he leaves and mills is is like what was all this about him <laughs> and he's like fucking calm down we're gonna go to the barber shop and i'm gonna explain <laughs> he's so grumpy He's so fucking grumpy. But they're sitting side by side again, which we all know is gay, um, <laughs> at the barber shop. And he's like, "That's that was my friend from the bureau. Um, you know, the FBI has records of people who check out flagged books. And he's going to come back to us with a list of all those people. And he, in fact, does. I said, wow, this is just like the internet. Yeah, really. You know what's also crazy? I, again, things you may have read, but like the Patriot Act where they can monitor shit like that was passed after this movie. Yeah. Did they get the idea from Seven? I'm so disturbed by that. I mean, they're like, oh shit. <laughs> so they're going through this giant, like old timey printout list. Okay, old timey is maybe not a great word, but you know, it's like you know, when paper. it was perforated with the holes in the 80s, yeah. you know that shit. Yep. Um, and apparently also 1995 or whenever they filmed this movie. Um, and it literally is a man named Jonathan Doe. Come on. Are you joking? Uh, they find this John Doe literally checked out a book on the seven deadly sins. And they're like, well, that's better than nothing. Let's go check it out. So they, wa- they walk up to this like apartment building and they um, are like going up to the door that they that, like the address they have for this guy. And they're standing there and they're like talking about what they're going to do. And Morgan Freeman is basically like, well, you just use your silver tongue and you get us in there. And he's like, you've been talking to my wife. And I was like, well. In fact, but I didn't have time to stew on that for too long because, uh-oh, sister, somebody is down the hallway. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. It's just like it's... someone in like a trench coat and like a hat yeah, you holding can't see a their grocery face. bag. It's just like the silhouette of a man just like standing there and staring at them. And just as like Somerset and Mill is like, huh, that guy's looking at us weird. He's shooting at him. Yep. Yep. With a gun. <laughs> Somehow neither of them are hit. They both get to the floor in time. I know. It like just whizzes by their faces, it seems like. And it just devolves into total and complete chaos. Chase scene, a really good chase scene. Yes. Like I get grumpy about chase scenes and like bored with them, but this one's exciting and fun. This is engaging and like stressful and like there's like kids yelling and like because it goes between like you know it's not just like one guy running in a straight line you know like they're all dodging in and out of like doors and it's it's really cool and it was shot i read in a very intentional way of like when you are chasing someone like you don't necessarily know where they are gonna be and like you get that sense with this where like they're like peering through windows and like looking down corners like trying to figure out where to go it's not like this is the path that i'm gonna be running on it's like let me fucking find this guy right like we're not drift compatible i don't know where you're going yes yeah it's cool oh that's so sick i also need to say sometimes the killer runs so funny i i said that this was really uh reminding me of malignant yes it's like the alleyway chase scene in malignant (laughs) it's so similar he's like falling into dumpsters it's so funny he gets hit by a car and keeps running meanwhile mills is in a dumpster in the alleyway (laughs) the chase basically gets to a point where uh, mills has chased the killer into like an alleyway um and there's like this big truck and he's like he's somewhere near this truck and he's like looking in the windows and like very kind of intentionally and carefully like looking for him there but um killer gets the drop on him like quite literally careens down onto him from above 
he hits Mills so hard. Like, in the head, so he gets bad. hit so fucking hard. I'm like, he should be dead how hard he got hit. Yeah, he's bleeding real bad. He's bleeding so much. Yeah, and he breaks his arm, which is because Brad Pitt actually fucking, like, injured his arm. Because his scene was insane. He punched through a car windshield by accident. Uh, but the killer is holding a gun to Mills's head, and you're like, it's fucking over. Like, there's, like, over an hour movie left. What are we going to do here? There's a right. gun to his head. And it's like, there's like slow-mo shot, like cutting between the two of them. And for whatever reason, the killer just decides to not shoot him and runs away. And it's like, oh man. That's even more stressful. Right? It's like, that's almost why worse. did you do that? Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm glad I'm not dead, but why did but you do that? what the fuck? <laughs> Mills is bleeding a lot capital a capital l it's like it was like scary how much he was bleeding to me i no, was like yeah. oh my god well because because of his arm he's like holding it up against his like you know because you have to keep your arm bent when yep. it's broken because like a sling and stuff and i was like oh he was shot and he's covering the wound but his hand was moved around a lot and then it was like oh his whole arm is broken but he's so bloody i thought he was about to die yeah, it's like like his anyway white you know? shirt is just like soaked in blood Pink, his yeah, head like, is bleeding and somerset's so like you good <laughs> And he's like, yeah, let's go in there. And he's like, let's pause for a moment. That's we don't have a warrant. He's like, yeah, but the guy's the killer. And he's like, sure, 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 sure. We don't have proof, though. We can't go in there. Because the only evidence they have is like the under the table documents they got from the fucking bureau guys. Like, right. we have no reason that we can tell anybody why we're going in here. And Mills like, yeah, good point. Um, kicks in the door and walks in. He's like, Oops. yeah, he's like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. And then he's like, just fucking kidding. Actually, <laughs> now we can't argue anymore. I did it too late. We're in. And it's like, OK, sure, sure, sure. But how are we going to turn this around so that you don't ruin the court, the court case and the guy walks free? And he's like, how much money do you have on you? And like, <laughs> I have a great idea. I don't know idea. how to feel about this. Yeah, like I'm kind of charmed by it. I maybe shouldn't be, but they because in the alleyway where they were chasing the killer, there were a bunch of unhoused people, and they like go down. And they grab this lady, and they're like, "Hey, can you lie for us real quick, and we'll give you some fucking money?" And she's like, "Yeah, I can." Yeah, so she's like, "I called the cops, so that's why they're here because I called them, <laughs> literally." And they're like, "Okay, great, go have dinner." And she's like, "Cool, bye." <laughs> yeah, like, "Yep, sounds good. Moving on." I was like, all right, I kind of like that. Like, it was, it's clever, you know. I don't know. So, I just liked it. So they get into this guy's apartment, and he loves Jesus and aspirin. <laughs> he does. I was wondering. <laughs> I said, if this guy has brain cancer, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Oh. But no, he just takes a lot of aspirin, I guess, because he's very stressed about the state of the world. I guess he's got this fucking Ethel Kane preacher's daughter coded bedroom with like these red crosses <laughs> all over the place, and he has this scary, scary box full of knives and like pliers and all kinds of other bullshit. He's a wacko. How else can he is I say wacko. it? He has Victor's hand in a jar. Yeah, he does. Yucky. And there's a receipt to Wild Bill's leather shop, and I said, <laughs> Oh no. Oh, said, yeah. Oh, yeah. He also has a bunch of pictures of his victims and these, like, frighteningly lengthy journal entries. Oh, my God. Like, they estimate he has something like 2,000 notebooks all completely yeah. full. And they, no, like, no, actually no, no. got somebody to write them? Yes. And it took, like, two months. Why would you do this? We can't see the inside of the notebooks. They could be empty. We wouldn't know. It's a movie. Get 100. <laughs> Get 20 it's a I movie this um but they are looking through the photographs that the killer has and 
they find a picture of them from the staircase from the sloth crime scene implying that the killer was the photographer like the killer was right in front of them like taunting them i'm i was so excited because i had a little inkling and i was like maybe you're being crazy but like who knows and then it happened and i got so excited because i never guess anything also though that apartment is huge he has a whole dark room and a whole notebook library and like another like and then also the rest of the apartment what it's huge and so full of shit but frustratingly they can't find any identifying information in the apartment they can't find any fingerprints in the apartment where he lives something is not right here oh and going back to the notebooks like even if they were to try to read them like there's no dates on any of the notebooks they're not right. any kind of order and they couldn't possibly read all of it in enough time to do anything you know and it's not even like, I mean, it's definitely obviously indicative of his thought process, but it's really just kind of like, for, he's like, what fun we all have dancing and fucking. And I was like, and why shouldn't we? Yeah. Right. Um, also, he's like, one time I met a man so boring, I threw up on him in the train <laughs> and I laughed and laughed. I'm like, okay. Well, then a phone starts ringing and everybody freaks it. Like they can't find the phone. Mills is scrambling all over the place trying to fucking find this phone. He finds like, phone, phone, phone. He's like, phone, be quiet. Phone, everyone quiet. Phone ringing. Shut up. Phone. (laughs) Phone is beautiful. Um, But he does find it, scrambles to answer it. Um, It's a man saying, I admire you. And it's John Doe. Oh, yeah. He's like, I readjusted my schedule for you. Like, I want to say more, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. And he's like, I respect you law enforcement officers every day, like more, a little more every day. But he says like, sorry, I hurt one of you. And I was like, oh, don't apologize, please. (laughs) So it's Saturday now and it's lust day. While they're interviewing the guy who works at Wild Bill's, perhaps it's Wild Bill himself. Um, true, their beepers go off just saying they found the blonde. And I was like, huh? Because I didn't remember the conversation from before. But no time to think about that. They're in this incredibly stylized, um, what would you call this? A brothel? Like a, you oh, wouldn't I, call I it was, that. <laughs> I guess I wrote, I was, I was like, a nightclub, but it's a sex club. Yes, but yeah. perhaps a, a sex nightclub. <laughs> a place where you purchase sex from people, this you is, know? Yeah. This is true. You know what I mean. And yeah. they go to one of the rooms where lust is written on the door. And there is a dead body of a woman on the bed and a man fucking screaming. And like, we don't entirely see the body. It happens like very like, fast. It's like kind of blurred, kind of out of focus. And like, that made me feel so much worse. Yeah. It's like, they're not even going to let us fucking see this. You're like, no, don't because even look at that. you just imagine it. And it's worse. Right, and it's, it's worse. worse. It's about to get even worse, sir. Yeah. This is the most, like, jigsaw-y of them all, I feel like. I, yeah, this made me want to die. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it quickly. There's no need to dwell on the details yeah. here. They're interviewing the man who was screaming in the room, who he was affixed with a knifed strap-on is, like, the only way to describe yeah. it. And you can gather how the woman died given yeah. the circumstances and this man is saying that someone was holding him at gunpoint and like put the strap on onto him and like uh, told him to rape the woman and kill her and so he did given limited choices and he's yeah, very he upset killer he, be killed you know yeah there was a gun in his mouth um 
horribly upsetting. Yeah, the actor delivered incredible. an incredible performance. Uh, I wish he didn't. I know, <laughs> he's know? like too good. I'm like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> Literally, he like didn't sleep. I'm like, go off. But I also wish I didn't have to see that. Like, you don't have to do all that to me personally. <laughs> Literally. They're like at the bar and um, uh, Somerset is like, listen, like, even if we like draw this thing to its normal conclusion, the only satisfying answer would be if this guy was like the fucking devil himself. But like, he's right. just a man. Yes. Um, so Somerset is very troubled by this. And Mills asks him, how did you get like this? <laughs> to which Somerset says, it wasn't just one thing. Yeah. Which, oh, isn't it always? It's just an interesting dynamic. I feel like we don't see this a ton. He's just been like so beaten down. He says he like can't keep embracing apathy the way he would need to to continue doing this job because he's like right. everybody in fucking Crimeville like doesn't care. And as we saw at the fucking beginning of this movie when he was like, did the child see their parents get killed? And the other cop was like, who cares? And he's like, right. I care. He's like, nobody else cares. So like, I'm not going to care. You're like, I can't be the only person who cares about people. Right. Like, I'm not going to keep doing this job. And Mills is like, so you know better than them. And he's like, oh, I didn't say that. I do not think I, he's like, I know I'm the same and I see the appeal and I'm yeah. giving into it just like everybody else. Mills says to me, he's like, you want to believe that because you're quitting. You're not quitting because you actually believe that. Right. Which is so interesting. The little like mind tricks we play on ourselves to right. adapt to our reality. So real. Um, so Mills goes home to cuddle his wife and Somerset goes home to throw his metronome across the room. <laughs> <laughs> so true. If all that wasn't enough. It's Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday. So you might think, hmm, it's going to be the last the last couple uh, crimes, right? John Doe calls 911 and he's like, I've gone and done it again. First of all, fuck you. Shut up. But we get to the next crime scene, which is hilarious that he didn't leave any clues to this time. He was just like, can you please tell the police that I did He's a crime like, here? I've come up with so many fucking clues. I'm so <laughs> tired. Just come get me. Can you pick me up? <laughs> Mom, Mom me Dad, up. I'm scared. So this one, um, I it sucks. This is probably my least favorite of them all, actually, which yeah. is like shocking given the horrors we've seen. But I think this is my least favorite right. one. No, because it's just sort of like, oh, wow. it kind of sucks. I'm like, come on. You could do um, you could do better than that. <laughs> literally. Yeah, especially yeah. I just don't, so, I don't love it. I don't love the vibes. No, yeah. I don't love like, the vibes she says about the fifth murder <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> but it's like it's like in the way that the gluttony thing was like shitty and fat phobic, at least it was like uh, like intra disgusting and revolting and awful yeah. and it made me want to die, but like it was interesting. Right. This one's boring and insulting. Yeah, ex yes, exactly. Like it's not even like fascinating in any morbid way it's just sort of like oh that sucked yeah it's like they forgot they had to come up with something yeah, like, oh shit <laughs> it's, and it's the pride one and it's like gee that seems <laughs> like it could be so interesting in so many ways a horrific display of procrastination <laughs> literally so they like come into a room and pre and it's like i don't know if it's it's got to say pride somewhere and it's like this yeah, it's giant portrait okay and this giant portrait of a woman is like knocked off kilter and it's like I know people have portraits of themselves. I don't think many people have giant framed paintings of themselves hanging yeah. above their bed. Maybe they maybe, do. Maybe if you're a model, 
that would right. be like That's, your work. That would be something sure. you would just and like, play in your home. And like maybe she is. I kind of feel like she is. She I very just, well could be. And like I'm not. So, it, okay. Yeah. No, so, I, agree. I agree. Her face is all bandaged up and she has a phone glued to one hand. It's not glued, by the way. They're, she's fucking holding them. It's just so like, annoying. <laughs> yeah. her her She's got the phone glued to one hand and a bottle of sleeping pills glued to the other. And she died by the sleeping pills. But they're like, oh, her face is all cut up. And Morgan Freeman's like, oh, I see. Because <laughs> every time <laughs> he's just like, oh, I know what happened in here. Let me tell you. Upon entering the room. <laughs> so he's like, oh, well, he cut up her face and then gave her the ultimatum of like, call for help and you'll live. But you'll have facial scarring for your the rest of your life or take yourself, like put yourself out of your own misery. So she eats the sleeping pills and dies. And they're like, that's pride. And I'm like, Boo. that's body dysmorphia. That's society. You and could have so much women. better. Like, fuck you. Shut up. And then I believe it's Mills. Someone's like, cut off her nose to spite her face. And I'm like, no, we get it. We got yeah, it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like he cut off her nose and it's like, th- that doesn't come back. That's just there to be yucky. Right. Yeah. I was like, okay. They were just like, oh, here's something we could say. <laughs> um, it's fine. I, like, I do love this movie. It's, this is just like the most yada yada of all yeah. the kills. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, like concept clever ish, but again, like insulting, boring. Right. Like it feels, it feels a little rushed. We're about to get to the best part of the movie. So I'm like, all sins forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're back at the precinct and they're like, so this pride one, huh? That one wasn't exactly very inventive, was it? <laughs> we probably could have done a little better. Oh, well. <laughs> Somebody gets out of a cab and you may notice there is blood on their shirt. And like wet blood, like yes. shiny, wet, oh, like hands fresh. dripping with blood. Like, why did that cab driver drive them here? <laughs> you don't want to think about why. <laughs> You're in the cash cab. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's walking in and he's like detective and they're like too busy talking about whatever the fuck they're talking about and then the guy is like detective and everybody stops and turns around and i got kevin spacey jump scared yeah one of the worst kinds of jump scares worse than the sloth jump scare is the kevin spacey jump scare yeah i mean like when you're not expecting to see him what a surprise that is and like it sucks that it's kevin spacey but right. oh my god this is such a good moment yes he will get it out of the way kevin spacey's really good in this movie yeah sorry he delivers a good performance he's a terrible terrible man yeah we are not fans arguably like every other episode there's someone who has yeah. done something horrific but does a good job at their job and that's it okay 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 um, we got that out of the way it's kevin spacey it's gonna keep yeah. being kevin spacey i'm really sorry yeah no unfortunately he's like incredible fuck um, him yeah but so this man walks like rocks up i think in like an all-white outfit just like to be extra dramatic to be like do you see the blood on me <laughs> yeah literally like covered in blood with little band-aids all over his fingers me as hell but it's not because he's picking his cuticles he cuts the skin off of his fingers which is why he has no fingerprints anywhere Dear fucking God. Don't do that. <laughs> so we're here. Yeah, literally. Me and Kevin Spacey off, all the time. Don't do that. <laughs> literally. Fucking stop it. Oh, so we get this information while he is making tea so creepily. <laughs> I've never seen someone make tea that creepy in my life. Only Kevin Spacey. He's like dunking that little tea bag like a crazy man. Yeah. With extreme precision. And he's like watching them while they talk. And he's talking, but he's still watching them. Oh, it's off-putting. It's off-putting. Yeah. And it's supposed to be. 
He's in for questioning. We don't really hear a lot of this because Mills and Somerset are having their own conversation. Um, Somerset is very suspicious of this because like he very clearly turned himself in and why would he stop with two murders to go? He wouldn't. Um, And there's another cop and he's like, so just to get you guys up to speed, we know that he is independently wealthy, well-educated and totally insane. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, no. Gotcha. For sure. Um, So John Doe tells the lawyers that there are two more bodies that he has hidden and he will take Mills and Somerset only, nobody else, to go see the bodies at 6 p.m. tonight. And that's the only way those bodies will ever be found. Like, if they don't agree to his terms, they will not find the bodies. And they're like, okay, well, fuck you. We're not doing a deal. And yeah. the lawyer's like, well, then in that case, I've been advised to tell you that he will plead insanity and he will win. Yeah. And there's, like, some back and forth. Morgan Freeman is like, well, then this conversation is admissible. And, like that proves that he's like blackmailing us or like using like his his insanity plea as like leverage mm-hmm. and that it wouldn't be legitimate and he's like the lawyer is like well then the public is going to hear that there are two dead bodies that you don't seem very concerned about yeah. finding and giving a proper burial and they're like okay <laughs> and furthermore like if you accept his terms he'll sign a full confession and plead guilty and it'll all like, be very right easy now. for you yeah so it seems like that'll be done before they even leave the building so like he's coming back you know so Mills very smartly is like, well, how do we know like there even are more bodies? What if he's just saying this, like get us to follow him to some random location where he will like kill us or God knows what. Right. Um, and they tell them that the blood that they found on Doe belonged to three different people. Uh, some of it belonged to Doe, some of it belonged to the pride victim, and then a third unidentified body. So like there's definitely a body or bodies somewhere. So we get a little cute friendship moment before everything goes to fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, it's really cute. Because they're like shaving together to get ready to have the wires. <laughs> they're like having a giggle about it. They're like, tee <laughs> They're friends. It's cute. He's like, Brad Pitt's like, what if I shaved off my nipple? Oh. And he's like, I buy you a new nipple. Ha 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 Like they're finally actually friends. Also, I, I said at the time, Brad Pitt almost says something and you can see he's kind of fighting with himself about it and then he doesn't say it. And I want to know what the fuck it was. I know, I, I know. I say he loved him. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. It's like one scene. This is like the car scene. I just wrote down like every fucking thing they said because it's yep. so, it's so good. This scene, I, this is one of the best scenes in a movie. This is so it's incredible. good. They suit up, they got their wires on. There's like some cops in like a helicopter following them. And Somerset and Mills are in a cop car with John Doe in the back behind the bars. So Somerset is trying to get John Doe to like tell them a bit about himself. Right. Um, and what he says is like what he wants is that he wants people to listen and you really need to get their attention. Yes, he says you can't just tap people on the shoulder anymore. You have to hit them with a sledgehammer, and then you can be assured you have their complete rapt attention. And Mills is like, what makes you so special? Like, what do you have to say that's so important that everyone should pay attention to you? And John Doe says, I'm not special, but my work is, which hate him referring to it as his work. That is so foul. Extremely disturbing. Um, Mills says, well, like, good luck with that in two months. Like, the news cycle will carry on. No one's going to care about what you did anymore. And he counters with, when it's finished, people won't be able to comprehend what I did. And he says to Mills pointedly, like, I can't wait for you to see. 
Oh my god. I have chills. I have chills thinking about it. Mills is like, this is bullshit and like fuck you and like this you're not actually doing anything interesting. And he's like, you can't see the whole complete act yet. Right. And Mills is really like railing on John Doe. He's like, you're <laughs> yeah. fucking crazy and I hate you and you're stupid. He really made um, me laugh because he's like, I have a question for you. Do insane people know they're insane? And just like the way he's at, I laughed so hard. <laughs> no, he's acting so like, he honestly is acting extremely childishly in my yeah, opinion. He's pissed. And he's like, do you ever sit there and think, wow, it's amazing how fucking crazy I really am. And I was like, well, I think that. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. He says to him, you label me insane because it makes you comfortable, which is like a kind of an echo of what Morgan Freeman was saying to him earlier. Like, don't dismiss him as a lunatic. Right. And like, we see what happens when he is dismissed. Oh, boy. But he's very intent on like, I didn't choose to do this to people. Like, I was chosen to do this. Um, And Somerset (laughs) says to him, like, well, like, if you were chosen to do this, like, that means your hand was forced but like you get enjoyment out of it. Like you are not a real martyr. Like you enjoy hurting people. And it kind of throws him for a minute, Yeah. but he recovers pretty quickly <laughs> with, I doubt I enjoyed it any more than Mills would enjoy time alone with me in a windowless room. It's really, I know you are, but what am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Mills is like, I would never. And John Doe says, that's because there are consequences. And, oh, this is when, okay, I hate this. Mills is like, you're like, tormenting killing torturing innocent people and john Doe's like well these people aren't innocent that first guy was fat i know <laughs> dude i wrote sis is losing it in the back seat a little bit there <laughs> just to be like they're not innocent he was obese and i hated him i'm like are we serious and like he like goes on like he's like he goes on to be so motherfucking mean he's like this guy he's literally he's like telling your mama jokes he's like this guy was so fat that you would make fun of him on the street this guy was so fat (laughs) that they would make a movie about him and put brendan fraser in the leading role he just can't shut up just like the varying degrees of like levels of innocence. He's like, this guy was obese. This guy was a lawyer. He made (laughs) money by lying. This lady was ugly. This guy was a pedophile and she had diseases. I'm like, oh my God, you're losing me. You never had me, but you're losing me. Right. It's like everybody gets like two sentences, but that fat guy got like 800. (laughs) He's like pedophile moving on. But he's talking about how he thinks Mills would like to beat the shit out of him. And he goes, how happy it would make you to hurt me with impunity. And I was like, right. And like, I'm, I, I can talk a big scary game of like, yeah, I would beat up a bad guy. No, probably probably not. I probably would. Probably would fuck me up real bad. But like, in theory, very punchable right now, that guy. He says to Mills that they only seem innocent because the world is so shitty. Like we, fascinating take. He says, we see deadly sin on every street corner and we tolerate it, but like not anymore. I'm setting the example. People will study me. People will follow me. You should be thanking me. You're going to be remembered after this. Which interesting, actually Christian fun fact via Jesus Christ Superstar, because I wouldn't remember Bible verses, but if you make it a little song, I'll remember. (laughs) Um, But they... um, they, uh, they're like pressuring Pontius Pilate, I think. They're pressuring somebody to do something anti-Jesus related. It's either Judas or like the Romans. I don't fucking know, it doesn't matter. But they're like, you'll be remembered forever for this. And then I think later Judas is like, yeah, 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 but not for a good reason. Yep. Um, 
So I don't know. That might be something. Might be nothing too, but there it is. I already said it. So first of all, I wrote like, buddy, I hate to break it to you. Cause he's like, that guy, that lawyer made his money lying and letting rapists and murderers be not in jail. And I'm mm -hmm. like, buddy, I hate to break it to you. You are a <laughs> rapist and a murderer. Like, and you're not in jail right now. <laughs> yeah, like, so sorry, terrible news. But yep. he like goes through this whole spiel of like, ah, I'm God and whatever. Uh, <laughs> and Brad yep. goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and th this incenses uh, John Doe and he's yelling other shit at him. And then Brad Pitt is like, you're like, you're not a martyr. You're just like the movie of the week. You're a t-shirt. Yep. And then I just wrote me when I'm a t-shirt. <laughs> John Doe really gets into Mills's head here where he says to him, um, you're only alive because I didn't kill you. I forgot about that. Holy shit, you're right. Says, I want you to think about that every time you look in the mirror for the rest of your life, the life I allowed you to live. Like, you have to think of me. So that was a fun car ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. Oh, man, though. So they're driving towards this, like, field. He's like, oh, turn right. He's, like, giving them directions and everything. Um... And they're driving through like a, this. There's like a road that is on both sides, like surrounded by all these power lines. It's like a field of telephone wires. It is gorgeous. Yep. Um, it's this stunning shot because the the um, helicopters and shit are like flying really high above it. I guess so. They're like trying to escape the like the electromagnetic field or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they can't land anywhere because there's right. fucking wires and towers everywhere. So they're like, uh, we'll just keep circling. Apparently, they had to cue the actors with their cell phones because the it actually was a fucking problem <laughs> yeah, and it's like it yeah fucked gee. Up the signal. um so wild but um we get this gorgeous shot of the car driving through like that mi that middle road and it's like it's like the way you break the screen up into like three sections and it's just a little bit right of center in the middle yep. panel and it's so good it's such a stunning shot like i can't calm down about it I'll say it. This feels like a very unsafe thing for them to be doing. They're like, take us to a remote location I know. alone. Our helicopters can't land. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's like trailers and shit around here. Like he could have anything hidden anywhere, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, because they get out of the car. <laughs> literally, well, first of all, there's a trailer. So I went, ah, Breaking Bad. Yep. But they get out of the car and I went, oh God, they're wrath and envy, aren't they? <laughs> And there's like a dead dog on the side of the road. And John Doe goes, no, I didn't do that. Like, it's okay. not funny, but it's so funny. No, it's fucking so funny. Just looking at the dead dog. I didn't do that. Like, the way he says it is hysterical. Oh, he asks them for the time. And Morgan Freeman looks at his watch. He says it's 7.01. And John Doe goes, hmm, it's close. I... <laughs> oh. So you may wonder what. Uh, and the answer is uh, a white van just fucking speeding down the road it's just like mills being like ah oh, there's a car coming this way <laughs> <laughs> and then morgan freeman is like oh perfect he gets back into the car they drove up in turns around and starts driving at the van and i'm like yep. okay do we not see the car accident potential here i'm just wondering yep but horrifically as he's driving away we hear john doe say to mills it's nice to get some time to talk to you like this nope i'd rather we didn't because Mills gets dough on the ground while Somerset, like, cuts off the van and draws his gun to find a very confused delivery man. He's like, <laughs> I have a package. I have a package for a guy, uh, some guy named David, Detective David Mills. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I've, seen, I've seen this movie once. I've seen this 
twist a million times like right. i know what's coming i know like the back of my hand but my heart is fucking racing watching it because like i that was like i didn't remember the specificities but like again this Ugh. is a thing that gets so reused in media it's sort yeah. of like like now knowing it comes from this is like oh yeah 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 okay but like this shit pops up everywhere <sighs> all the time so i was just sort of like oh i think i know what the package yep. is as soon as he's like i have a package for detective mills it's like oh my fucking god yeah it's not good i will say if you if i may take a moment to break up the dread with the silliest thing that made me laugh please <laughs> the fucking like swat guys or whoever the hell is up in those helicopters they're like call the bomb squad we got a box we got a box call the bomb squad <laughs> like, they're like, it's so fucking fun like they're right but it's just like, the way they yeah. say it is hysterically funny to me just like as soon as you see a box with tape on it that says fragile they're like oh fuck oh shit <laughs> which like, like me too but yeah no completely reasonable place to jump to it's just the way that they're on the comms and like i know they have to be loud i know they're in helicopters but it's just <laughs> it's like the way they say it it's like these like weirdly perfectly like repeated reflected so just like we got a box call the bomb squad there's a box the bomb squad call the bomb squad we got a box like it's so fucking funny to me he does in fact have a box and he was paid five hundred dollars to deliver it exactly at seven and he's like he's i don't know man like he's understandably very extremely distressed, distressed yeah. oh it's so funny because uh, somerset he's like okay like you're fine he, like checks the guy's id he's like get the fuck out of here he leaves yeah. on foot and like the other <laughs> cops go to like pick him up and it's immediately the guys in the helicopter like screaming call the bomb squad call the bomb squad we got a box and somerset just goes i'm gonna open it <laughs> <laughs> he's like he has like a switchblade that he periodically like throws at a dartboard and like has on a desk and everything and it's like time for the switch like chekhov's fucking switchblade from seven years ago just like i'm gonna open it i'm like don't they think it's a bomb <laughs> he's like nah i'm pretty smart i know this guy pretty well i don't think it's a he's bomb like, nah, i'm opening it <laughs> he's like yeah probably not and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it's worse than a bomb in there. I wish it was a bomb. I wish it's uh, a yeah. bomb of different sorts. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Freeman knocks it out of the motherfucking park the way he does this. It's so, oh God. Because all we see, we see him like open like two of the flaps. You know how boxes are. Yeah. And you see like blood on one of them. And then we no longer see the box. We just see Morgan Freeman's face. Like he just reacts fucking actually scared. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, like when men see atrocities, they're like, Rah! but he's just like, ah, like, do you know what I mean? He's actually fucking scared. He like recoils from the box because yes. it's not what you expect to see inside a box. No, not even in the worst of circumstances would you expect to see this. And like, it gets even worse because he leaps back and then he turns to look at Mills in like oh. abject horror. And like, I'm just like imagining being Mills and like seeing that reaction and seeing him turn to look at you like that. Uh -huh. I too would be like, what's in the box? <laughs> right. And he's like on comms with these helicopters. So he's like, California, I guess is the name of the, one of the helicopters. He's like, stay away from here. Don't like, he's stuttering. Yes. You know, he's like, don't, he's like, don't come, don't down, come here. down here. Like he's like, get away. He goes, John Doe has the upper hand. He oh. turns around. He starts running towards Mills and John Doe and he's yelling, Mills, throw away the gun. That's so scary. Terrifying advice to give to somebody next to a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And Doe goes, here he comes. And he's like, you have to like, listen to me. I'm trying to tell you how much I admire you and your pretty wife, Tracy. So, th and this comes up because when the photographer is in the stairwell taking the picture of them, it's like, it's kind of implied that, um, that Somerset is like miffed 
that um uh, that Mills like scared him off because he's like those guys pay for information and it's yep. like that shit gets out anyway you know what I mean it's like ew that's a little corrupt but like whatever and so then he kind of flips the script and he's like you'd be shocked how easy it is to buy info on you guys from within the precinct yep um and he's saying he's like I admire you and I wish I could have lived like you yeah and he's like so I went to your house after you left and I tried to play husband it didn't go well and so like it's at this moment where you're like oh that's why throw away the gun yeah because because you're gonna kill this man because he says it didn't work i took a souvenir her pretty head he says it he says he really fucking says it yeah you're right out loud and he's still he's still fucking holding his gun somerset gets up to them somerset tosses his gun aside Mm-hmm. John Doe says, since I envy your life, it seems that would be my sin. And then what does Mills say? He says, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Because like, I was like, oh, something bad's in the box. But I was like, you can fucking say what's in the box. And then he did. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then I was like, oh, absolutely. Fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> Understandably, Somerset is hesitant to give a concrete answer. He kind of says like he just told you right um, and mills is like do? tell me that's not true summer says like, just no, telling him yeah. he he wants you to shoot him he wants you to become wrath and he's trying right. to like stop him from doing like, what it seems like he's inevitably gonna do right he's like if you shoot him he wins don't let him win don't let him win oh god and so of course fucking john doe is egging him on and he's like come on do it become vengeance become wrath and he's like and like it almost seems like Somerset's getting to him because he's like then he wins and he's kind of like oh I don't want him to win right right he goes she begged for her life and she begged for the life of the baby inside her it becomes clear that like John Doe didn't know that Mills didn't know about the pregnancy so he goes yep. oh he didn't know and Somerset did know and like Mills looking at Somerset can see that Somerset knew uh-huh. which is a whole other layer of awful yeah it's oh god and so mills is standing there and like I, like brad pitt i'm sorry this is an in- fucking incredible performance because he's holding oh, the yeah. gun and he, he'll like break down and cry and kind of drop it and then snap back up and he keeps going back and forth and like in a way that doesn't look silly it looks very natural and he's going oh right. god like he's in this untenable position he is melting down as anyone would and truly i would say like without like it feels like it's without buildup even though the scene is all buildup but he is like so like distraught yeah. and so torn and he just lifts his arm up and shoots him in the head like it feels like it happens so fast You're yes like, oh, no shit. it's very unceremonious it's just like I, oh I, it's I, done I was now like, fuck i was like no shit because <laughs> he's like you know what happens if you kill a suspect i mean i don't he doesn't say it like that but he's like if you kill a suspect like his job's over his life's over he shoots him in the head and many more times after that he like keeps yeah. shooting him so more cops have come um they pick up um they pick up mills yeah he's in the back seat not he is in the back he normally is but the police chief is also like we'll take care of him and then uh somerset is like anything he needs and so it kind of seems like they're gonna let this one slide i hope so but like Um, he's not gonna be okay no absolutely not i think he's gonna gonna be okay again he's gonna be not okay outside of jail rather than in it would seem the lieutenant asks Somerset, he's like, like, where are you going to be? And he just says, around. Like, he's not fucking retired. Like, he's retiring, maybe, but like. Yeah, but like, well, he'll be he can't, around. He can't walk away right now. Yes. Yeah. He says, kind of in voiceover, he said, 
Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I believe in the second part. And then the movie's over and the Hot Topic credits are back. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's a it's a scary David Bowie song that I had never heard before. I was like, oh, this one's from the 90s, I bet. <laughs> it's like cuts to black. It's so alarming. So the first thing you see is like Kevin Spacey as John Doe. And I'm like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got that part. Thank you. <laughs> Final thoughts on Seven, Tara? It's so good. I don't want to ever see it again, I think. <laughs> it's It's a great it's excellent but it made me feel so bad so bad inside my little heart and head what do you think the bravo tv network chose as the 26th scariest movie moment of all time i mean it's them perhaps (laughs) yeah right it's got to be what's in the box there's no way they picked anything other than what's in the box they picked the iconic thing it's not it's not what's in the box (laughs) okay i'm impressed because i don't feel that way but like that's probably the most upsetting maybe i don't know i mean again it's like an iconic moment Okay, then I'm going. I'm going. Um, sloth jump scare. It's the sloth jump scare. Oh, they do love a jump scare. That also, I mean, that scared scare. the fucking shit out of me. It is funny though, because the segment of the special does begin with like everybody giving their best. What's in the box? It's yeah. like thirty unbroken seconds of what's in the <laughs> boxing. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Like you can tell everybody as soon as someone said seven, they all just like started doing it, which is so <laughs> funny. That's cute. Um, we have Maitland McDonough, the film critic there, who she talks about the murder sequences, like in general, but how they're all art directed within an inch of their lives, which I thought yeah. was such a great way of putting it. Cause that's so God, true. Are they? And it's so Hannibal. I'm sorry. I'll keep saying that until the episode's over. And Jennifer Tilly kind of says the same thing. She's like <gasps> talking about how inventive and detailed the kills are. Yay. Um, and then of all people, Eric Christian Olsen is there and I love when he's there. <laughs> he was from... Like, fired up is where i know him from <laughs> he's in something horror like adjacent like right. vaguely enough <laughs> for him to be in the special no i um, love that and he like really sets the scene of the sloth scene he's like so excited about the air fresheners and he says something so funny which is i don't know if that was an actor bro i hope it wasn't <laughs> it was he's like i hope that was a dummy and i'm like that's just a guy um, but yeah, that was just a very thin man. <laughs> but they did give him like fake teeth or like gave him like big teeth mm. so his mouth would look the way it looks, oh. you know, <laughs> to make him like look smaller. <laughs> yeah, God. But it is funny because if you go to that guy's IMDb page, it's all just like thin man, skinny guy. Like it's so funny. <laughs> it's like very Javier Botet of like, yeah. very tall, very but thin slim. man. Uh, but it was, it was a fun group, you know. I, brought, yeah. I don't know. The whole movie's pretty scary yeah it's, i have like my scared upset conflict you know that's probably like the biggest scare you know yeah because it's so good i mean it's so it's so classic too just like yeah. everything gets quiet we focus really hard and something startling happens dead but... guys not dead yeah like, i love that kind of jump scare too the so dead thing good. isn't dead it that's is like when really they're good. done well like actually scare you it's like right shit. <laughs> i was like as soon as it happened i was like oh that's it but right. then like other things kept happening and i was like huh yep. hey riley Hi, Tara. What movie are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a movie from the year 1979, directed by Don Coscarelli, and it's called Phantasm, which is a series I have barely delved into. I've like tried watching this movie, and not to say that it was bad, like I tried watching it and couldn't, but like I was distracted Mm. and it was so confusing, and I was like, I'm doing this later. (laughs) So (laughs) I wonder. Um, I'll read the letterboxed plot synopsis here. 
a young boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the tall man who oh, keeps God. an arsenal of terrible weapons with him. So there you go. <laughs> um, that sounds like Dead by Daylight. That sounds scary. <laughs> I know people people love this movie and like this franchise. Nice. And I think it's scary. I mean, it's 25 on the list, so it better be scary. That's, that's nuts, dude. So if you want to keep up with us as you wait with bated breath for our next episode, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fright Your Life. Maybe we'll also, post. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? You can also follow Riley and I on our individual Twitters at uh, Tara Elwood and at Riley Cassidy One. Not me forgetting my at, which is my name. And you can join us next week as we try to give you the, the fright, fright of, of your, your life. life. Ooh. Ooh. Slay. Nice.